Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another great Wednesday night. United, we are believing God to speak to us tonight through what we have to say. And uh, I believe that the Lord will share some things with you and uh, reveal some things to you. Um, The Lord said to uh, Pastor Michelle on Sunday morning uh, when she got up, he said some, some, uh, a couple of different things, but uh, some things specifically that he said. He spoke to her, Joshua chapter 3, verse 4, and it says, Yet there shall be a space between you and it, the ark of the covenant, about 2,000 cubits by measure. And he said, Do not come near to it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you've not passed this way before. And uh, the Lord began to talk to her and deal with her about that situation. And he said to her, we are entering into a season, uh, the churches, both locations. You're entering into a season that will require, and he said, first of all, the walk of faith. It will require another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. And there were other things that he said. He said uh, that we have to develop these things, knowing the leading with a certainty, uh, practice obedience, develop humility and the love walk. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. And the trust in God, His ways, and His Word are safeguard. Safeguards, those are things that we've got to develop even at a higher level. And so he said we're entering into a season that will require the walk of faith. And uh, so I'm going to be ministering tonight on the walk of faith. And we ministered uh, earlier in healing school about faith for healing. So we're going to spend uh, as long as the Lord tells us Uh, dealing with this uh, subject of walking by faith. Uh, Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. And it's a familiar passage of Scripture that we, we, uh, of course, very often uh, have quoted. But it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. The Weiss translation says, through faith, we order our manner of life. All right? Through faith, we order our manner of life. And uh, this is very important because the Apostle Paul is telling us how we have to order our manner of life. Now, very often, especially in, in our circles, in word and faith circles, word circles, people that believe uh, 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 in the message of faith, 
we read this and it says, I walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. And what comes up to many people is this understanding that, okay, that means I'm not supposed to pay attention to what I see. And that's kind of where we leave it, where they leave it. But it's deeper than that. Um, Walking by faith is not necessarily not paying attention to what you see. It's more this. It's not allowing what you see to move you. It's not just not paying attention. See, a person in mental ascent will not pay attention to what they see and call it faith. A person in faith will pay attention to what they see, but not allow it to move them. There's the difference. And it can be a subtle difference. But it's very often the difference between victory and defeat in the faith walk. So notice it says, through faith we order our manner of life. So then faith is the way I live my life. Faith is my manner of life. Meaning, faith is how I conduct the business of my life. All right? I, I, I see by faith. I walk by faith. I live by faith. And this is so important because this is something that we are required to do. We walk by faith, not by sight. So in other words, we order our manner of life by faith and not by what is seen. Another way to say that is so I make my decisions about life according to faith and not according to what I see. Uh, I was talking to my pastor not too long ago and he was, we were talking about the situations in the world and he said, you know, I was, um, and he said this on his television broadcast not too long ago. He said, I was looking at, you know, my investments and the things that, that I have invested in the world. And, you know, I, I've seen them kind of up and down. And he said, I was going to talk to my financial uh, advisor about this. And he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, no, 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 you're not. He said, you're going to believe me. And, and he spoke to him, and he said, he said basically this. He said, your needs have been and always will be met through the kingdom, not through this world system. All right? That is walking by faith. That's living by faith. All right? I'm ordering my life not according to what I see, not according to what I experience, but by what the Word of God says, all right, and what faith sees. And you can't fall into that trap of thinking, well, I'm in faith because I'm just not paying attention to what's going on. No, that's not faith. That can be mental ascent. Faith sees, faith understands, but faith is not moved. Now, in Romans 10... And verse 17, this again is a familiar passage of Scripture, but it's so important where the walk of faith is concerned. Romans chapter 10, 
and uh, verse 17, it says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, the Woosh translation says that faith comes from the hearing of the Word as a source. So the source, the wellspring of faith is the Word of God. Now, I made a statement uh, some time ago, and I want to make it again here, that knowing something's in the Word, knowing something is the will of God, is no evidence that you have faith. Faith cometh by hearing the Word. Faith comes from the Word as a source. And so what this is describing more than anything is you feeding on the Word of God. You consistently feeding on what the Word of God said. Making the Word of God not just your source in the sense of uh, what I believe, but understanding that as I feed on the Word of God, what's happening is faith is coming because this is the source of faith. And what you have to do is you have to take the time to allow the Word to get on the inside of you and germinate. In other words, you're going back to the Word and you're hearing the Word constantly. Now, don't make this mistake. People will, they'll put on a message to go to sleep by, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. You should. I do that. But their, their purpose is, well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Well, you're getting something in your spirit from that message as you're sleeping, but you're not hearing in the sense of hearing to produce faith. All right? This is an intentional effort. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So faith as a, comes from the Word as a source. So the Word you have there on your lap, the Word that you have in your home, that is the source of faith. And I said this one time, that, you know, very often people will, uh, they'll have, you know, 42 scriptures about a certain thing. And they think because of the volume of scriptures that they have, that that is what is going to produce faith. Because I've got a voluminous amount of scriptures. When in reality, you are better off with one scripture that you're convinced about than trying to, to cause 42 of them to come to pass. All right? Because, because here's the issue. In, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11... Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. You know this verse probably by heart. It says, so then faith comes by, or uh, 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 now faith is the substance of things hoped or the evidence of things not seen. Faith there is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it means to be convinced. The base meaning of it is the conviction of the truth of anything. All right? And so, Faith, then, is being convinced that something is true. 
It takes time to be convinced that something is true. I don't just hear a verse. Now, I can be easily persuaded, but I don't just hear a verse and become convinced. All right? There has to be a conviction that this is absolutely what the Word of God says and absolutely what I'm going to receive. Faith is a conviction. It's being convinced that something is true. And just because a person knows it's in the Word, and they know the Word is the will of God, and they see that something is God's will for them, is no evidence that they're convinced that it belongs to them. Or that they're convinced that they currently have it. Amen. This is where the disconnect comes in, in faith for many people. They become disconnected from their faith. All right? They become disconnected from what belongs to them because there's no conviction that it belongs to them. Oh, hallelujah. So we're ordering our manner of life through faith. Everyone who did anything by faith had heard God's Word. When you go through the Hebrews Hall of Fame of Faith, over and over again, over 20 times, it uses the phrase, by faith. By faith, uh, uh, Noah, being warned of God, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Uh, by faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. By faith, uh, Abraham, when he was called into a land that he didn't know where he was going, went. All right. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt uh, as seeing him who is invisible. Over and over and over again, we see this phrase, by faith. The common denominator there is all of them heard the word. Now, in their case, it was God speaking to them. But they all heard the word. And the word that God spoke to them produced faith. Hallelujah. So they all heard God's Word on what they were doing. The Word is the source of faith. It's the spring of faith. It's the fountainhead of faith. The Word is what produces faith that can look past the seen and see the unseen. Hallelujah. And what happens many times is that people try to step out and do something without a clear image that only comes from the Word. That clear image only comes from the Word of God. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, And uh, verse 18, the Apostle Paul, in talking about the spirit of faith, in verse 13, we have in the same spirit of faith, according to his written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice he says in verse 18 of chapter 4, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 
Now, now let me stop right here and teach for a moment. Because what you see so very often, and what a lot of people believe and what they focus on, is the first part of this verse. While we look not at the things which are seen. Oh, we don't pay attention to what we see. What we see doesn't matter. Well, now I will agree that it doesn't matter in terms of, of this. That what you see cannot stop what you're convinced of from coming to pass. All right? If I am solidly convinced, I know that 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 I'm healed. What I may be experiencing physically cannot stop that from being a reality in my life. All right? So what I see is not the issue. All right? It's what I'm convinced of. Well, well here's the thing. What you're convinced of is what is not seen. See, because he said, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now, here's the thing. It would take no faith to be convinced of what you could see. Hallelujah. If you go to the doctor with a pain in your body, and the doctor runs the test or takes the scan, the MRI, the x-ray, whatever he did, all right? And he takes you and he puts the pictures up on the light or he shows you on the computer screen. And he says, here's the problem right here. This is why you're experiencing this pain. And he shows you something that's out of place or something that's there. It takes, it takes no faith to be convinced of that. You can see it. Does that make sense? Notice what he said. We don't look at what is seen. Now, that doesn't mean we can't see it. When he uses the word look, it means it doesn't keep my attention. What is seen doesn't keep my attention. What keeps my attention? What is not seen? Well, what is not seen? What the Bible says belongs to you. What the Bible says is yours. You may not see it in the physical, but that's what you're supposed to be looking at. We don't look at what is seen. Now, that's just half the equation. You have to be looking at what is not seen. That is where this comes to. You're feeding on the Word of God. You're constantly looking at what is not seen. By His stripes, I am healed. All right, I'm looking at what may not be seen in the physical. But remember how we walk. Remember how we regulate our lives by faith. Faith, by definition, is being convinced of the truth of anything. So when you get in the Word of God and you see where it says, with His stripes, you were healed, then your mind, remember all those weeks we taught on trusting in healing redemption, then your mind immediately goes to the cross. Your mind immediately goes to when Jesus took stripes on His back. And here's what comes out of your mouth. 
when Jesus received stripes on his back, I was healed. See, now you're looking at what is not seen. It doesn't mean it didn't occur. It's just not seen. Were you healed then? Yes, it occurred then. You may not be seeing it today, but it occurred. You've got to be convinced that it happened. Hallelujah. Amen. And in that way, you're not looking at what is seen. You're not gazing. It doesn't keep your attention what is seen. What keeps your attention? What you're convinced of, what you can't see. Oh, hallelujah. See, you've got to be convinced of what you can't see before what you can't see can change what you can see. If I'm not convinced of what I can't see, what I can see will never change. But when I become convinced of what I can't see, then what I can't see will change what I can see. Woo, glory. Do you see that? Now, not looking at what you see is not denial. It's not acting like it's not there. This is important. Hallelujah. I could look at any one of you in this auditorium, any one of you watching this via video feed. I can see you in the auditorium. You're there. You're sitting there. Hallelujah. I can see you. You're there. For me to say, you're not there because I'm not looking at what is seen, no, that's, that won't ever work because you're there. When, when, when the doctor says there's something here, when uh, uh, the situation shows up and there's an issue or there's a problem, it's not faith to say, no, no, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that. But it's there. Well, Pastor, how do I respond to that? I don't receive that. I don't take ownership of that. It's there, but it's not mine. Now, what are you doing now? I'm looking at what's not seen. See, we've majored on not being moved by what you see. But that means you got to be moved by what you can't see. Oh, I hope I'm helping you. I may not be, I, 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 I have to not be moved by what I can see, but I have to be moved by what I can see. That's important. Now, eventually, the faith image will make more sense than the natural image. Eventually. As you what? You feed on the Word, and you continue to look at the things that are not seen. Notice what he said. We don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. 
Because the things that are seen are temporary. They're temporary. Now, in, in the perfect context, Paul's talking about the world you see around you, the life that you see, that's temporal. That's temporary. But it can be applied to whatever you might be dealing with. That's temporary. It's temporal. It's temporary at best. And you don't allow temporary things to grab your attention and to hold your attention. Because that will keep your mind off of the eternal things. Hallelujah. You know, I, uh, I don't like staying in hotels. Uh, I had a lot of hotels staying when I was growing up. I've had a lot of staying in hotels since I've been in the ministry. Uh, I don't care for them. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how wonderful they are. They're, they're nice. They have good amenities. But I don't care for them. And, you know, I've never went to a uh, hotel and longed to go back. It never kept my attention. I know where home is. If, if I'm in Fort Worth, Texas, I know where my house is. And I'm always thinking about my house. Can I see my house? No. Do I know it's there? Yes. I'm convinced that it's mine. I have a conviction that my home is there. You, you understand what I'm saying? That hotel room, no matter how nice, no matter the amenities, no matter how wonderful the people are, I am not hooked on that. I'm not gazing at that. I, that doesn't hold my attention. When my stay is over, I have no problem taking the key card back to them and saying, I'm checking out, I'm going home. You understand? Because it just doesn't have my attention. That's how it has to be with the things of faith. What you see cannot hold your attention because that's not what you're gazing at. You're gazing at the Word. You're locked in on what the Word said. And even though in the natural you cannot see what the Word says belongs to you, you are absolutely convinced that it is yours. You know that 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 you're healed, you're blessed, you're victorious, whatever you're believing for. You know that 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 you are that because you have been spending time looking at the things that you can't see. Oh, hallelujah. You understand that? The enemy has a real hard time with people that will do that because he's got to get you focused on what is seen. But that's a good place for you to say, what I see will not keep my focus. What I can't see has my focus. Brother Copeland was telling a story one time when he was learning to fly and he was working on his instrument rating. Now, I'm not a pilot, but I, I do know how to explain that uh, in this regard. Flying by the instruments, flying by the altimeter, flying by the uh, attitude uh, controller. Looking at the instruments, because here's the thing. I remember flying 
to Round Rock, Texas with my pastor. And we were flying in his jet. And uh, I don't know how long we flew this way, but uh, we were basically in uh, a whiteout. We were in such heavy cloud cover that you looked out the window and you, you couldn't even tell you were moving. It was just, it was very, very, uh, could have been concerning. And uh, I was talking to the pilot when we landed. And I said, boy, we, we flew for a long time and it didn't even look like we were moving. He said, I know. He said, uh, that's when you got to fly by the instruments. Because you have that attitude indicator that tells you the relation of that plane with the ground, and you're focused on that. Because if you're not focused on that, you can get disoriented. And you can think you're going down, and you need to, to go the other direction, and, it, and in reality, down is up and up is down. And you end up in a problem. And the man told Brother Copeland, he said, eventually, flying by the instruments will make more sense than what you can physically see. Because those instruments are correct no matter what you see. No matter what you feel, the instruments are correct. If the attitude indicator in a plane says you're fine in relation to the ground and you have the right altitude, it doesn't matter what you feel. You don't want to change your heading. You don't want to change what you're doing because the instruments are seeing something that you're not seeing. You understand? Faith is always seeing things that we're not seeing. And I need to fly by the instrument of faith and just keep my faith going the direction it needs to be going because faith is seeing things that I can't necessarily see. Oh, hallelujah. And I have to be convinced absolutely that what I don't see in the natural has got my focus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. This again is a, a, a familiar scripture concerning Abraham. But it says, concerning Abraham, who against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now notice, what Abraham, well let me say it this way, what God said eventually became bigger than what Abraham could see. And we taught on this in depth 
in the series Covenant of Blood. That God came to Abraham and said, walk before me and be perfect. I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, what could you possibly give me seeing I'm childless and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? And the Lord said to him, this, this will not be your heir, but one that will come out of your bowels shall be your heir. And the next verse says, Abraham believed God. Well, notice he still couldn't see a son. He still had no evidence of a son other than what God said. That image, that, that word from God eventually became bigger than what Abraham could see. So what changed was not the outward appearance of his body. It was how he saw his body. It was how he saw the circumstance. He began to see it through faith. So when we deal with by faith, walking by faith, by faith what you see will change before it's manifested in the natural. What I see must change before it's manifest in the natural. And you can say that however you want. i got to see myself as healed. i got to see myself as prosperous. i got to see myself as victorious. If ever what you need to apply that to, the reality of it is this. What you see must change before it's ever manifest in the natural. Hallelujah. You've got to train yourself to live by the unseen. As, as I've learned to live by faith over these last number of years now, I, I've had to learn that. I've got to train myself to live by the unseen. Because it's not just when a problem arises. It's not just when uh, you know, a situation comes up that seems to be no win. This is how I've got to live. I'm consistently looking at what is not seen. Right? Always going back to, to what does the Word say. And, you're con and, and that's how you become... Uh, I made a statement not too long ago in the teaching. Do you know how you're becoming more like Jesus? You become the same every day. When, when people of faith are the same every day, because they're always believing God. You don't see people of faith up and down and up and down. You don't see people of faith high one day and down the next day. High for two days, down for three days. You don't, because faith is temperate. Faith is the same. Faith is believing the same thing every day. Every day is a faith day. Hallelujah. And, and when you have those extreme shifts, you can't stay in faith. Because faith requires, faith requires a sameness. Think about this. You will put faith in somebody who's always the same. That's where faith works the best. Hallelujah. So you've got to train yourself in every circumstance, but then in every day, daily life, that you are living by the unseen. That's why you can hear someone, they'll face a challenge, let's say financially, and maybe you're talking to them about it, 
And they'll say, well, you know, really, it's, it's okay because God supplies all of my need according to His riches in glory. And when it comes out of their mouth, you just know that's right. Because there's a force of faith behind it. What are they doing? Living by the unseen. Train themselves to look at the unseen. And they can say something as simple as, you know what, everything's going to be okay. And it has an impact. Because they're speaking as a person who sees something. See, that, that's, that's the difference between somebody who's trying to make something happen and somebody that believes something's already happened. The person that's trying to make something happen, there's a thinness to what they're saying. I'm telling you what, it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, I believe God. Well, there might be times you have to do that, but, but there's a thinness there. As contrasted to the person that says, well, praise God, we got this. Amen. Like the time Brother Hagin was talking to the people, the members of his board at one of the churches that he pastored. And, and they were going around talking to, to the board. And the, all the board was saying, my Lord, what are we going to do? My God, how are we going to get out of this? And they got to the man beside Brother Hagin, and he made the same statement. My Lord, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? Now, here, here's somebody that's looking and living by the unseen. He looked at that man and said, we're just going to act like the word's true. That's what we're going to do, just act like the word's true. And that man said, my Lord, Brother Hagin, it is, isn't it? The word is true. He said, yes, it is. You know, they never had another problem. So what are you going to do when situations come up? Just act like the word's true. Why? Because it is. This is true. This is reality. Hallelujah. So important. Uh, let's look at uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, verse 3. Should be very familiar to all of us. Hebrews 11, 3. Of course, the King James says, Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The Weist Bible says, By means of faith we perceive that the material universe and the God-appointed ages of time were equipped and fitted by God's word for the purpose for which they were intended. And it follows, therefore, that that which we see did not come into being out of that which is visible. Hallelujah. What we have need of does not come from what's visible. It's accessed by faith. All of these things that did not come from what is seen existed in a realm that you could not see outside of faith. This may help you. Everything that you may have need of already exists. It just exists in the realm of faith. And that's why I've got to spend time living and watching and looking at what is not seen. Because that's where it's at. By faith, we're able to perceive that the universe was framed 
fitted for its intended purpose by the Word of God. By faith, I can perceive that. We know faith comes from the Word. The Word of God will bring into my life what's needed to fit and frame my life for its intended purpose. Ephesians 2.10, talking about the plan of God. That plan that was preordained, planned beforehand, paths that we should walk in, the plan of God. The Word of God will bring those things into my life that will frame and fit my life for its intended purpose. Glory to God. I may not see all the pieces, but the Word is framing my life according to God's purpose and according to God's plan. And here's one last thing that I'll say. I am only able to perceive and understand that through faith. That's it. I'm only able to perceive and understand that through faith. Hallelujah. Because when, when, when I spend time training myself to live by the unseen, the seen can't move me. Because what is not seen is bigger than what is seen. And that's why when you hear people say, well, you know, uh, the Lord's got to come through. You know, if the Lord don't come through. Well, now, wait a minute. You are comparing what you see to God and to what God said. You know, that's not a very deep statement. If God doesn't come through, we're going to go under. Listen, if God wasn't helping all of us, we'd go under. I mean, that, you haven't said that much. <laughs> That's like, duh. You understand? What you need to focus on is everything that you have need of has been supplied. And you're living by what you can't see. You're training yourself to live by the unseen. And that's why some of the things the Lord told us to say. When they say uh, there's going to be this problem or that problem, we say, I don't expect to be affected. Now see, you're not denying that there may be things going on. You're denying them the right to affect you. Why? Because faith can produce. Listen, if gas got up to $20 a gallon, God would do whatever it took on your job or ever however to produce for you what you needed to fill it up. Amen. But I know this, not you, present company excluded, but I, I know believers that if gas prices went up high enough, they just quit driving. <laughs> you understand? Rather than what? Exercise their faith and train themselves to live by what they can't see. When you read through the Scriptures and you see all of those miracles, when you see Jesus feeding the 5,000, 
It was the power of the blessing and Jesus' faith in the blessing. When he held those five loaves and two fishes, he knew exactly what he had. He had five loaves and two fish. Well, where'd the rest of it come from? The unseen. What was Jesus seeing when he prayed and blessed five loaves and two fish? What was in the unseen? Oh, he's living his life. And isn't it interesting? One man. You know the disciples didn't have any faith. Because they said, what are these among so many? And Jesus took what they thought was little and blessed it and exercised faith and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. And it says everybody ate all they wanted. And there was leftovers. Oh, glory. So when God starts telling you to press into that bigger house, don't start worrying about where you're going to get the money and the payment. Live by the unseen. Because if He's telling you to get that bigger house, He's already got something you can't see coming your way. And not only will you have enough for the payment, you'll have money left over every month. Ha, ha, ha. It's just how it is. Because we're people of faith. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I believe you've received tonight. Let's stand up, everybody. Praise God.